gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Town Alone Podcast. Podcast brought to you by the wheel. I am your host, Adam, and with me, as always, my co-host, Mike Joshua Regan. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. My middle name's not Joshua, but I appreciate you trying to conceal my identity from all John of our John Shua. Trying to conceal my identity from all of our rabid groupie fans. Mm, groupies and fans. <laughs> all right, Mike, we got a week of football in the book, so what do you say we start off with talking about basketball? Oh, sure. You, what, what Are you being serious? Because I do have some points I'd like to make here. Yes, sir. I am being serious. Let's hear your points, then we'll get to my points, and then we'll go back to your points in a tennis-style points-off. How come nothing LeBron does feels like naturally like natural like authentic he was the most authentic athlete we had until the decision and then he got hurt by it man now he's turned into russell wilson yeah so like i mean don't get me wrong he was still like the greatest basketball player in the world while he was on the heat but it still like felt weird because he like went to miami to form the big three and then goes back to cleveland i think was it during Cleveland, when he had, like, that one playoff game where he had, like, a 99.2 temperature, and everybody was like, oh, it's his flu game. Yeah. And then he goes to Los Angeles, obviously, and he finally wins a title, but it's in the bubble, so it feels like a little, like, asterisk-y. And then now, like, USA loses, and he wants to be all like, oh, time for my, like, dream team so I can be just like Kobe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go play in the Olympics. Like, just can you do anything? Can anything feel, like, organic with you? It all feels so, like, like – uh, calculated in an, like in a Rogers-esque fashion to get the media hype. It feels like there's a double-edged sword that we've all been kind of ignoring with LeBron because LeBron has been the cleanest and safest athlete in basketball history to hit your name to prior to Steph Curry showing up. And the other side of that sword is that LeBron is the most media-trained, boring-ass human on the planet outside of the 60 minutes he spends on a court yeah, two to three times a week. Yeah, nothing's natural. Uh, but yeah, so... Neither, US, neither is his hair, by the way. Yeah, he got the Elon Musk treatment of the hairline regeneration. Yeah. Uh, the USA, obviously, loses to the evil Germans, uh, powered by Dennis Schroeder and Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner. And then loses to the more evil Canadians in the bronze medal game. Mike, is this the darkest moment in United States history? I mean, I don't know. New York Nick, R.J. Barrett still got a medal, so I win. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian? You, Who cares? Mike, you can see Canada from your window. you got to keep yeah. an eye on them. I'm literally like a 30-minute drive, and I'm in Canada, so I'm not too. You know, we're, I'm basically Canadian, so that's fine. You can take – I've been to where you live. You can take the wrong eggs that accidentally end up in Canada from where you live. Exactly. So, really, this is like a win for me still. <laughs> It's a win for me, too. I'm claiming it as a win because Anthony Edwards still looked like the best player on that team in the loss to Germany. You see, I'm playing both sides, so I always come out <laughs> on top. You got to stop telling them that you're playing both sides. Uh, then Germany walks away with the gold medal after beating someone in the gold medal game. Can't say I watched it because – or Lithuania? Is that who they beat? I can't remember anymore. You can't remember. They, uh, they walk away with the gold medal. Didn't watch it because the United States got eliminated. And just like mm-hmm. in the World Cup, as soon as the U.S. gets eliminated, I stopped caring. Yeah, same here. The only reason I knew that they lost to Canada was because I saw it like, on Twitter. 
because I follow I, like obviously a lot of Knicks people. So I, I watched that game live. Oh, <laughs> I, did you? I, I with a burning passion, I want the U.S. to win. The Canada can't kick our ass in both hockey and basketball. We gotta have one of these. I feel like for USA basketball, it's even worse to get a bronze than just to not medal. Yeah, because when you not medal, that's then you get the redeem team out of it at least. But when yeah, you like, end up with, well, I guess the redeem team also, or the team before the redeem team got a bronze medal. But like, you, you, not meddling is like you can go. Yeah, we didn't even try. Yeah, like we aren't the Jamaican bobsled team. Like basketball is our thing. It's what we do. So who's who's that? Uh, who's the gymnast who has like the famous picture of her sulking when she got the silver medal or the bronze medal? I don't know. Yeah, but that's that's the whole U.S. approach to basketball. I mean, fucking come on, man. We invented it. I know it was invented in Canada, but Canada's basically the United States. Yeah. So, uh, international basketball, dumb, until the Olympics come around. Then it's really important, unless we lose that. Then also, international basketball at the Olympics, dumb. Dumb. I, would, I don't know. LeBron's whole, like, yeah, I'm coming to play in the Olympics thing makes me want to root against America. <laughs> How dare you? I said it. against America. You know what? You're uninvited from Chicago. I'm saying. Do you it. see? Do you see Kuzma's comments? Why would I have seen Kuzma's comments? He made he so he made a comment where he was like, you know, it's easy to like, it'd be easy to get like a bunch of stars on the U.S. team, but do we got the guys who will like you know, like play their role, you know, and and just go like go like post up in the corner or whatever for like five possessions and like stuff like that, and I, and then who was it? Oh, it was like. Um, I think it was Devin Booker who like replied and was like, like I'm in or whatever. But I just thought it was funny because I was like, Kuzma, I don't know if you're trying to like sell yourself to get on this team, but I don't know if they're really thinking about you. It's real. Like you ever have that friend who can't get a date and starts going like, you know, women don't want nice guys. They always say they want nice guys, but what women actually want is mean guys. Very big, that energy out of Kyle Kuzma. Right. It's like, we get it kuzma you'll go like you know come off the bench and do the dirty work but yeah. no one cares kyle kuzma's like and you know what else we don't have enough of on usa basketball is guys who have pictures of them online where they wear big sweaters who's gonna be the guy with a picture online wearing a big sweater for team usa where are the olympics next time who athens i don't know man we'll figure it out when it's like a week out i feel like every 10 year anniversary of the olympics it should take place in greece right no okay <laughs> i remember there was one olympics in athens and it was like the last time i watched a significant portion of the summer olympics wait and now athens? i'm like wake me up when basketball's on you mean athens greece or athens georgia athens greece oh, okay there was not a bomb in centennial park for the one i'm talking about oh okay got it got it uh watch richard jewel or don't it's not very good uh all right mike let's talk a little about about football mm-hmm you want to tell me what happened in college football last week? Um, just a heads yeah. up. We're a little off schedule just due to some clerical errors, uh, some high-powered business meetings, jet setting, I would say, um, TCB, TCOB, that kind of stuff, uh, taking care of business. Um, okay, thank you. But uh, typically, we'll try to get a podcast out on Mondays, and I'm trying to talk you into putting out a second podcast at some point during the week, perhaps Saturdays. Perhaps perhaps mayhaps uh or fridays one of the two but we're trying to get we're trying to hit two podcasts a week during the nfl schedule because prior to the nfl schedule we couldn't hit our time constraints during the nfl schedule there's no fucking way we're hitting our time constraints no hey mike so why don't you tell me a little bit about college football last week tell me about how great michael pruitt was i know you love talking about him 
Ah, uh, dude. Had a good week one, but didn't play week two. It was, it was travesty. People, people though, keep an eye out. Watch the draft stock rise. So, yeah, I got some headlines from week one and two, since we're, once again, a little behind. Biggest headline in college football, obviously, is Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. Coach Prime, yeah. And the way he fucking turned around. Colorado was 1-11 in 2022. They only averaged 15.4 points a game and allowed 44 and a half. How is he already making Aflac commercials? I think he was already in those. When did he film those? When did he have time? Wasn't he making a football team? It's just funny because, like, in his commercials and, like, when he was on TV, it was kind of like, ah, you know, like, fun, goofy, prime time. But then when you see him on the sidelines, you're like, oh, I don't want to fuck with that, dude. Yeah. He will have he will have me running, like, suicides, even though that's not a thing they do because that would be pretty murderous to make guys go from, like, end zone to end zone and so on. But Well, yeah, especially if you had to do, like, the true suicides and touch every single line on a football field. <laughs> exactly. But I fear if you upset him, he will make you do it. Uh, but, yeah, they come out week one. They are 20-and-a-half-point dogs in – at TCU, who is ranked 17th in the country, beat them in a thriller, 45-42. They beat Nebraska last week, which was no surprise, even though that was a dumb line. Uh, 36-14. Nebraska plus two and a half. Uh, everybody's talking about unranked Shadur. Unranked Nebraska, just pointing out. Unranked Nebraska, who put up 10 points against Minnesota the previous week and was going into Colorado that just beat a very good TCU team and put up 45 points. And they were like, yeah, two and a half. Two, two and a half is all right. <laughs> Field goal, field goal decides this game. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. But everybody's talking about uh, his son, Shadur. 77.5% completions, 903 yards through two games, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, draft hype is definitely increasing for him. Yeah, because I made a little bit of a wild take, possibly. I said he has a really distinct throwing motion that kind of reminds me of Lamar. And you said, but uh, shorter, short, shorter depth of target, so kind of like Derek Carr. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's fair. But... I don't know. Keep an eye on him. He's definitely like flying up draft boards. He a lot of attempts, and sometimes a lot of short stuff. But he does have a cannon. He can go deep. Uh, obviously, everybody's talking about potential Heisman winner Travis Hunter. Do you, do you know you know about this guy, Adam? I know you don't watch a lot of college football. No, I don't. I don't know about this guy. I've seen like a couple of texts about him, and that's it. Yeah. So he uh, he is like a dual position guy. Plays wide receiver and defensive back. He has he's averaging three point seven yards a catch and has a hundred and. 92 yards through the air um oh i'm sorry that's correct 192 yards through the air and then in coverage uh they've targeted him 10 times there's only been three catches and he has one pick six uh he plays a total of through two games he's played a total of 236 snaps (laughs) which is kind of wild receivers uh or i'm sorry quarterbacks who try to throw throw against him have an nfl qb rating of 42.1 this dude yeah it could be pretty legit could be pretty legit what team is he on? Colorado. Um, uh, damn, man. Colorado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I mean, they got – it could kind of fall apart for him. They still have number 13, Oregon, number 5, USC, 24, UCLA. Plus, they have games against number 23, Washington State, and number 12, Utah. Once again, everybody, Texas might be back. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a lot of money on Alabama. God damn it, Nick Saban. Uh, they went into Alabama and beat the Crimson Tide 34-24. Bama at the time was ranked, what was it, number three in the in the country. Uh, not that the ranking matters because it's Alabama, so you know they're a good football team. The big like thing going into it was the QB battle. Well, that's kind of what it was going to come come down to, and uh, Quinn Ewers just was way better than, than Miller, unfortunately. 24-38, 3-49, three touchdowns. Texas defense didn't play great, uh, but they did get a couple interceptions and played good enough. Um, 
I don't. Yeah, it's a, like I don't think Bama's offense is going to be good enough to get back in this thing. It'll be an uphill climb. Uh, I mean, Texas. Okay, so I should take that back. They did play really good def- defensively from a pass rush standpoint. They had five sacks and nine tackles for a loss. So they were all over Milrow, which probably had a part to do uh, do with it. Um, and then also, I know Nick Saban was like beating the hell out of his players at practice because they had ten penalties, which is ridiculous for a Saban coach team. I mean, that's like like a Belichick coach team having 10 penalties, just not, not normal. So Texas is up to number four. They still got to play OU. They're home for Kansas and they play TCU. That might've been like the big win they needed. They could go undefeated. We could be looking at Texas back in the college football playoffs. Texas is back, man. And it's all Vince young. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> um, did you, have you been keeping up on this whole Saban Jimbo Fisher thing? Uh, I remember like a, I think a couple off seasons ago when Jimbo made some sort of snide comment directed at Saban. Yeah. Saban claimed that all of A&M's, uh, that was it. Players are bought. And then mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher clapped back at him. Yeah. This is Jimbo Fisher's revenge. I understand it was a different Texas team, but I can't really <laughs> think of any other narrative that works. Sure. We'll take it. <laughs> Sorry. No, I really cracked me up. Uh, Bama obviously plays in the SEC. So they have a lot of tough games. It's not out of the realm of possibility. They're a one loss team and get into the college football playoffs. Uh, big upset. The Dukies went in to Clemson. Or no, they were home against Clemson. I'm sorry. 12-point dogs and beat Clemson 28-7. to Obviously, this was a five-star recruit. Cade Klubnik's first start of his, like, first season as a starter. He came in and played in the ACC Championship and then the bowl game last year and fared well for himself. Did not fare well for himself in this game. Put up 209 yards, a touchdown interception, and lost the fumble. Uh, Props to Duke. They played a really – their secondary played really well and played a strong game. Um, they're now up to number 21. They still have to play Notre Dame, FSU. We'll talk about them in a second. And UNC. Um, Clemson, on the other hand, they can get back in it. But they have to play number three, FSU, Miami, number nine, Notre Dame, and number 20, UNC. If they Why win all of those – schedule is getting so much harder? This, is, this isn't yeah, how no. college football used to work. No. <laughs> uh, so if they can – win all those games and when they see championship they're not technically out of it yet but they might need some help the duke loss in hindsight might look bad as the season goes on uh speaking of fsu like i said they once again beat brian kelly to start the season which brought a <laughs> smile to my face so if you remember last year uh, in the all-state kickoff um thank you for at, clarifying the sponsor no problem at the uh, all-state or at the uh, caesar superdome in georgia so it's considered a neutral site game but it was really a home game for lsu uh there was the missed pat at the end by lsu and florida went on so florida won 24 23 um and then florida won their next two games to get to 4-0 and then lost their next three straight to wait for since he stayed in clemson but that's not important <laughs> <laughs> and this who was the year quarterback for that team for FSU or? Yeah. The same guy who's the quarterback this year. Who is that? Uh, J- Jordan Travis. Okay. He's just having, I, this, like, is, this is how I keep track of teams because I know draft names, but I don't know team quarterbacks. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So this year at the Camping World kickoff from Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. What? So once, they lose all their money and they have <laughs> to just know. take whoever would sponsor it? So once again, a neutral site game with a clear home field advantage. Uh, number eight, FSU. Number five, LSU. They kicked their ass. 45 to 24 way different than last year um jordan travis he's a super senior six-year senior because he has the the covid relief here 342 yards four touchdowns one interception plus he had a rushing touchdown 
They had two wide receivers go over 100 yards, and uh, they were only second shy of an 11-minute time of possession advantage. They smacked the piss out of LSU in the game. <laughs> I know. Um, I got to be honest. I thought Jordan Travis was going to be one of those super seniors who's like, when he goes into the draft next year, you're going to be like, did you know that Sam Darnold's only four months older than this super senior? Dude, this guy's only 23. Yeah. Is he a like six-year starter or something? Yeah. He's what, a, dude? I just said that. He's a six-year starter. I'm sorry. I was Googling. <laughs> That's all right. So after the Bama loss, FSU is up to number three and looking pretty good. Uh, they have Clemson, obviously, but who knows what that team is. They have to go to Wake Forest. Who, you know, they always play tough. Props to Wake Forest. They got Duke, and they got Miami, number 21 and 22 in the country, plus rivalry game against Florida. This LSU win is probably going to be the biggest one on their resume. I think they're another one. They went out. They're, they're playoff bound for sure. Uh, LSU drops to number 14 now. I mean, you never know in the SEC. They'll have some good wins, but there's no more room for error. They play Mississippi State, Arkansas. Ole Miss, Missouri. I mean, literally their entire schedule is SEC, so I could name them all as like tough right. games that could boost the resume. But I just don't see how they don't lose another game along that way. So I think they're sorry, Brian Kelly, you're done again. Damn. Need to get Coach O back in the building. Got to get Coach O back in the building. And those are all, I think. Let me see, unless I missed any. Colorado. Um, shit, Texas might be back. Big Duke upset. Yeah, so those are all my big college football headlines over the past two weeks. All right, Mike, uh, uh, I got a, I got a follow-up for you then. Do you think you can currently, in order, name the top six by betting odds for the national championship? Top six? Yeah, going from six to one. Do you think you can name – or one to six, whatever order. Do you think you can name them in order? Mm, not in order. Okay, but let, I mean, me, and let me get your best attempt at this. Let me see who, how many of these six you can get. So I know Georgia has to be in there, FSU – Mm-hmm. That's one and three. Um, that's one and three. Shit. Oh, no. I'm going to do terrible at this. <laughs> Is Notre Dame number six? Am I going to get lucky? No. No? Oh, boy. You only get one more miss before I just tell you them and we'll move on. I bet you Bama's still in the top six. People won't, won't nope. give up on them. Really? All right, tell All me. Right. Georgia one, Michigan two, Florida State three, <sighs> Texas four, Ohio State five, USC six. Yeah, I think those are literally the top, like, six teams in the country. I don't know why I just didn't guess that. <laughs> you were overthinking it. You were like, who can actually win? And sports books are like, people are just going to look at the rankings and bet this. So we should just true. put it in that order. That's true. Who actually watches college football, Michael? Idiots, that's who. Speaking <laughs> of idiots, you want to talk about some week one overreactions, Mike, to the NFL? Hell yeah, let's do it. All right, Mike, I got a quite straightforward one for you here. In case you've been living under a rock or in a darkness retreat or tripping on ayahuasca for the last four or five days, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers' season is over after tearing an Achilles against the Buffalo Bills, although no one knows what the result of that game was. Mike, over under 0.5 passing attempts for Aaron Rodgers for the rest of his career. I'm hitting the under for sure. You think he's done? You don't. Coming back from a, a Achilles is hard enough. It's even harder when you're 40. Unless he's like, you know what I really need to finish up my like my resume is a comeback player of the year award. <laughs> then maybe he'll pull an Alex Smith or something. Uh, but I, I just don't I don't see it happening. It'd be great if Aaron Rodgers was like making his case for the Hall of Fame. He's like one time Super Bowl champ, four time MVP, one time comeback player of the year award winner. Yeah. I don't I feel bad about that injury, if I can just say, because like the Bills defense got to him. 
and like made con- like even they didn't get the sack but they like well they got one sack and then i think they like kind of made contact with them for another play or two and then he didn't get up and i was like oh like he's pouting because he's getting hit um and things aren't going his way so he's angry but then it was like yeah he blew out his achilles and i was like oh i'm an asshole <laughs> <laughs> um did you see the jacoby myers hit the wide receiver yeah he was laying the boom no or he got hit yeah, he got hit. He went down oh, low for a catch. I did see that. I did and see that. Uh, uh, Broncos defender came in and went helmet to helmet on him. Yeah, did he, um, that defender get tossed? No. The de- it, when you watch it back, the defender was going low, and then Myers began to drop low. It really wasn't like a malicious hit. It bang, was a brutal play. hit, but yeah, it was a bang-bang play. It, it didn't look good, but watching that game live, I don't think that it was a malicious hit. Yeah. Twitter um, was up in arms. Of course. Twitter's always up in arms. But... um. I'm watching it with my dad. My dad, lifelong Broncos fan. The play. <laughs> Jacoby Myers goes down, gets hit in the head, isn't moving, and a ref throws a flag, and my dad at the full top of his lungs yells, For what? <laughs> he pulled his shorzy. He pulled For his shorts. For what? But Jacoby Myers laying unconscious on the field. My dad's upset about a flag. So football just turns us into worse people. <laughs> Um, it does. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so Aaron Rodgers out. I agree with you. I do not think that we see Aaron Rodgers take another snap at quarterback unless he takes one in a Packers uniform to retire as a Packer. Uh, all right, Mike, let's get in some actual week one overreactions, though. So I got a few for you here. Don't know how many you have set up, but uh, my first reaction is, whoo, love week one, just confirming all of my priors. I walked into the season, Mike, and here are the things I told you. Jordan Love, good. 15 for Mm -hmm. 27, 245 yards, three touchdowns. Justin Fields, bad. 37 attempts to get to 216 yards, 5.83 yards per attempt. Bryce Young, bad. 20 for 38, 146 yards, even worse than Justin Fields, 3.9 yards per attempt. And he currently is sitting at a career one touchdown to two interception ratio. Slow down on the Bryce Young hate. <laughs> Mike, you got you got some week one overreactions. You want me to just keep rattling them off? Uh, I got some, so we can kind of bounce around. Uh, I have like, I know how we're doing this entirely. So I have some that I'm like, I'm all about this overreaction. And I have some where I'm like, pump the brakes people on this overreaction. Uh, but one, since you just mentioned it, I'll jump in and like jump on them. Is uh, Justin Fields. I think the jury might be ready to like come in with the verdict that, yeah, it's just not going to work. <laughs> and I've been an avid Justin Fields defender, but. There's only so many times you can be like, oh, well, he has a bad this. He has a bad that. This isn't working before. It's like, yeah, dude, it's just not. Like, that interception he threw, when they played it from, like, the back angle, he stares down his receiver, like, so hard. And then as he's throwing the ball, both those uh, Green Bay defenders are staring right at him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in shock that he's actually throwing the pass. I don't know, but they were making eye contact from across the bar. (laughs) at Justin Fields hard that and it's just an interesting thing I saw is that he was like a bizarro quarterback uh in that game so by PFF grade all right uh grade when he had when he was blitzed 77.9 uh no blitz 32.4 but I mean I guess that that's Fields kind of specialty is because he's so athletic is kind of countering the blitz so but that's just kind of weird uh no play action when you ask him to just drop back and do something 51.7 play action 73.8 he needs the help he needs trickery and 
has an, I think, I don't know if you mentioned, but an average depth of target of 3.6 in that game. I was literally Googling yeah. it right now to see what his A dot was. It, that is unbelievably low. Uh, and his one big time throw once again came when he was blitzed and under pressure. <laughs> and it was that <laughs> touchdown pass, obviously. Um, yeah. It, and even like, all right, we'll simplify it. Try to keep it in front of him. Shorter passes within 10 yards. His average depth of target was still 2.8. So like, yeah, I understand there were shorter passes, but I don't think they wanted you to go three yards on every one of those passes. <laughs> like you have to get near the sticks, bud. Uh, and from watching the game, it doesn't look like Green Bay was throwing anything super complicated at him defensively. So I think I unfortunately have to start turning my back on Justin Fields. I I love that I'm right no matter what with Justin Fields because I walked into that draft that year and said he was going to be the second best quarterback in the draft. Which I think so far is correct somehow. Mac Jones, I guess. But mm. I'm I'm right there if that's the way that I decide to uh, plant my flag. Or I have been so loud this offseason shorting Justin Fields. I don't know why I made the switch, but at some point I went from Fields believer to Fields hater, and I can't remember what the reason was for it. Yeah. I also I don't think like what they did last year was great, the rushing attack, but eventually and like I mean, eventually and like the NFL, all coaches will catch up to you. And what are not catch up to you. They'll find a way to counter what you're doing. And you either adapt to continue to make it work or make something else work or else you're just fucked. And the bears might just be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, while we are, uh, talking about quarterbacks, uh, you ready for my, I guess this is the opposite of an overreaction. You ready for, for my, me to dig my heels in on something that it's probably time to punt on. Go for it. Brock Purdy will be out of the NFL in three years. I don't fucking care what he's doing. It's ridiculous. Under Shanahan, Nick Mullins cooked. Under Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo cooked. Let's stop pretending that Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, is a fucking gunslinger, great quarterback, Hall of Fame bound. He's got small hands, he's unathletic, and he's just doing what Shanahan does, which is all Shanahan needs is a puppet to puppeteer. You think Purdy and Kenny Pickett met at met at midfield and just locked hands? Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere Jared Goff woke up from a dead sleep hunt and he wasn't quite sure why. Yeah. There's been a meeting of the small hands committee. No, you're right. I think Purdy gets a lot of he has such a phenomenal team around him. So it's like he could like they could win a Super Bowl this year and there would still be people being like, But how much was it Purdy really? You know? Just because of the team he has around him. It's just still so hard to think that. Like, it was one thing with Brady. I, so I was talking to someone the other day. I won't put him on blast. It, it wasn't you, obviously. And I mentioned, like, Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. Like, let's settle. Like, come on. You really think Brock Purdy's going to, like, keep up what he did last year? And he was like, he, like, his counter was Tom Brady. I was like, no. Tom Brady? Like, like uh, people have been brainwashed. Tom Brady was not Mr. Irrelevant, people. Yeah. He was drafted in it was like late fifth or early sixth round. He was not Mr. Irrelevant. It's totally different. Yeah, he wasn't interchangeable with a undrafted free agent. And also, mm -hmm. you're talking about twenty plus years of improving scouting. Yeah. We're twenty years better at scouting, and this guy was the last pick in the draft. It's not like it was in the nineties where you're just taking fucking dart throws at the top of the draft. People aren't drafting Jamarcus Russell one overall anymore. Correct. And I just I, I got to play the odds on this one, and the odds would say Mr. Irrelevant's not going to be like you know a Pro Bowler for 15 years. 
Um, yeah, I I gotta agree with you there. You want to give me your next uh, your next take? I'm like kind of all over the place on this. I'm not even like going down my like down the list I've written, but here's one I wanted really wanted to point out. Jalen Carter, he is him. <laughs> He's got that dog in him. His debut was so good. I mean, it was a close game, and I might be like overstating a little bit, but. Seven hurries, one sack, and the biggest thing that stuck out to me, dude had a 25% win rate yeah. on when he, when he rushed. Like, that that was really good. And I'm going to go from him to – I'm actually going to jump in on another one, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. I have some Jalen Carter thoughts, but we'll circle back in a second here. Okay. Because um, this has to do with another player from that draft. And uh, I got to say, got to say, got to say, um, these, uh, these Texans, kind of frisky. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like I also – I have basically the same note. <laughs> uh, the connection there is Henry To'o To'o. I probably butchered that. Uh, Fifth-round pick is, might end up being a hell of a steal. He only played like 22 snaps, but PFF gave him an 84.3 grade, and he held him – he played him all like in the box as linebacker, and he held his own very well. Um so I was really impressed with him. And I was kind of just impressed by that Houston defense all around. Like, let's not forget. I know they lost the game. What was it, 25-9? But don't forget that going into halftime, they were only down 7-6. Yeah. CJ Stroud didn't look like an entire, like, abomination. I thought he did He did solid um, on, like, the rookie QB, QB debut scale. And I think he'll just get better as, like, Mechie comes back into that offense. He, his average depth of target was, like, six yards. So I feel like as he starts to get more confident and the coaching staff gets more confident, he can start showing off the arm strength, getting a little wild, scrambling. So I, I like these Texans. I mean, Lamar, me and you were all about Lamar's like vengeance tour this season and 215 total yards through an interception and had two fumbles. Yeah. Didn't look good. He had that one really good throw to Zay Flowers. Yeah. And um, if I can cut in here just to, to say something about yep. Jalen Carter. Yeah, um, Jalen Carter this week had eight QB pressures, which is the most by a rookie interior defensive lineman ever. Not most in a debut, not most in the first home game, not most any of those modifiers. Most by a rookie interior defensive lineman ever. He did better than Aaron Donald's rookie season. He had more quarterback pressures. Jalen Carter might be pretty fucking good. Yeah, I kind of, I'm kicking myself because we did like our, I think we did a thing where we were putting down some future bets on a, one podcast. And defensive player of the year, I said Jalen Carter, and I said, oh, you know what? That's a stack defense. Maybe he won't get the snaps. So I switched to uh, – I think I switched to Will Anderson. I think you switched we'll, to Will Anderson. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. He, he had a solid game, but nothing like what Jalen Carter did for Philly. All right, Mike, I got uh, I got one more take for you here, and then I want to tell you a quote, my favorite quote of the week, um, and then you can rip off as many as you want. Mike, I'm uh, starting to think Miami right, might run away with the AFC. Fuck, I don't want to admit it, but you AFC, I don't know, but that AFC East, they're they're now the betting favorite, and uh, people might be right. I did not see a team perform better on offense than Miami all weekend. I mean, they were ridiculous, and I I'm a Tua hater. I am getting tracked down in death threats from Tua on, and I gotta tell you, man, that like step up in the pocket little leap throw he did where he hits Tyree kill in stride. It's pretty fucking convincing. Love me some left-handed quarterbacking too. Can't, can't deny that. Do you want me to give 
Yes. My okay. So yeah, Miami played great. <laughs> it hurts to say it. Um, because I've also been No, Hurts plays for a different team. That's true. Because the Dolphins have been terrible. But here, do you have anything else you want to add on to Miami? Because I literally my next point's gonna be on the team they played. Uh I wanna tell you that my favorite quote of the week was Bill Simmons saying that Garrett Wilson is a top six quarterback, but not a top or top top six wide receiver, but not a top three wide receiver. That's classic. Thank you, Simmons. Bill Simmons. <laughs> he's top. He's not top three, but he's uh, top six. I give him four, five, six, but three. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Bill uh, Simmons. Yeah, so I'm now gonna uh, take over and just lay into a coach who I was surprised didn't get fired in Brandon Staley, <laughs> because. My like next overreaction is they, they need to make a change in fast. And I know what you're saying. He doesn't call the defensive plays. He's not the defensive coordinator. Well, you know what happens throughout the week? It's not like the coaches go off in their own things and don't talk to each other. He has a say in what this team's going to run and how they're going to do. So he obviously has some say in how this defense runs, and it was absolutely terrible. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the Dolphins. They played great. But you give up 466 yards to Tua. You give up. 215 yards to Tyreek Hill, only 78 to Waddle, but keep in mind they both averaged 19 and a half yards a catch. Like, you just got decimated. This is a secondary with Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr., and J.C. Jackson, and you could not stop shit through the air on Sunday. You can't even argue that it was Ben Don't Break because they let them score at will for that entire game. Yeah. I mean, the only time you saw an offense get stopped is Justin Herbert going three and out, including two sacks and an intentional grounding penalty. Yeah, the Dolphins only had like 70 yards on the ground. Like they obviously just abandoned the run. And so I don't know how at some point the Chargers wouldn't adjust and be like, yeah, they're going to throw it. (laughs) Like they weren't running it anymore. They were going all one thing on you and you couldn't change it. Here's a everybody loves Justin Herbert. We may have hyped him up a little too much too early. I love Justin Herbert. His average depth of target was seven and a half yards. This dude's got to like, you know, to use the, like an old man term, he's got a howitzer. All right, bro. Like he's got a cannon and fun fact. So Staley shows up and he has a PFF grade in 2021 of 90. Great season for Herbert. Last year, 77.9. After one game this season, 69.4. Staley is ruining your franchise quarterback. Get him out of there. Um, I do have to tell you, uh, so his A dot so far on the season is seven and a half yards, uh, which would actually be his, it'd be his second lowest, but it's about average. I thought the oh, entire okay. reason we're getting Kellen Moore in here was to increase his A dot. Wasn't that the whole complaint with Lombardi yeah. was that his A dot was shit. What are we fucking doing here, guys? It, their crazy thing was. The Chargers, I think it just says something. Something didn't go right. If the Chargers ran more plays, had the ball longer, and had 100 less yards on offense. Uh, all right. So just looking at just look, looking at dot rankings through one game, uh, number one, are you aware of who number one had the, the deepest average passing target on Sunday? I was really looking at this earlier to pick on how bad another QB's was. <laughs> and I can't remember. Uh, it is Tua Tagovailoa, the man Justin Herbert was playing. Number two, Derek Carr. Number three, Matthew Stafford. Uh, Mike, given that, what quarterbacks do you think are in the range of Justin Herbert? Knowing everything you know about Justin Herbert and how much of a howitzer he has. Um, Allen's probably around there. 
Uh, nope, Josh Allen is much higher at 12 with an 8.2 A dot. Jared Goff? Uh, Jared Goff is also higher, mm. although I'm He's struggling to find his number now. Oh, I'm sorry. Jared Goff is a little bit lower. And the top three were Tua, Stafford, and who? Mahomes? Carr. Okay, so Mahomes has to be near him, right? Patrick Mahomes is tied for seventh with eight point five or with nine point six. Jesus, who's below him? Uh, the two players next to him are Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett. <laughs> like that's no offense, I'm a Howell believer, but that's not the kind of company you want. How the fuck did the Chargers manage to put up thirty four points, and Justin Herbert had an A dot that low? No idea. I'm trying to figure out what some of my like random notes mean. Like I wrote like four dash nine and I wrote third next to it. Don't remember what the hell that was supposed to be. And I also, (laughs) I also have one slash PP 8.2. No clue what that was supposed to be. All right. Well, maybe you should take notes on a computer. It's just like, if I take notes a couple days, like I think I, I did these notes like Sunday night. And now we are recording here on a Wednesday. So I'm just like, what the fuck did I like at the time? I was like, I'll definitely remember what that means. No idea. (laughs) All right, Mike, if you want to rip off any more takes, let's get through them here, but we got to move on before too long. Okay. I'll go to a, I'll drop another positive one. Um, Not another positive one. Cause that one was definitely not positive, but I'll shift to a positive one and say, you know what? Take back what I said, or the doubt I had Uh, Sean McVay is still one of the best coaches in the league. Yes, sir. Thumbs up. I'll give you a thumbs up. Like, Puka Nakua. You got to say the full <laughs> name. You can't call him Nakua. No. You got to say Puka Nakua. Caught 10 of his 14 targets for 119. Tutu Atwell caught 6 of his 8 for 119. I think he they get bonus points for matching the exact same amount of yards. <laughs> Very impressive. Stafford's uh, back. Uh, can I just say, is there a wide receiver room in the NFL that has more fun names than the Rams right now? Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup. The Seahawks have a guy named Bobo. DK Metcalf, they have Bobo. Tyler Lockett is boring and also doesn't have sex. Jackson Smith and Jigba? Uh, That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. We really got to get through these takes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and I I doubted Stafford as well. He came out and was like, fuck you, Michael, 24-38 for 340. Uh and another thing, this team will be an issue if they continue to do this every Sunday. And Stafford drops back 39 times. He had a clean pocket, 30 of them. And when you have an older QB, if you give him that, he's going to cause some problems. Uh, I don't know. Could we? Should we put the Rams on a potential like wild card watch here? Uh, well, the <laughs> the good news for them is next week they play the 49ers. So I guess we'll really know after next week. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that's right. I think it's like an eight-point line right now. And I almost, because we're going to talk about lines we like, I almost wrote it down, and then I scribbled it out. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I want to, but but I, I, I just can't. Uh, let me see if there's any other reactions I really want to hit. Oh, no. I guess the last one I'll point out is, I know it's just week one, but the Giants are in deep shit. Oh, yeah. They got just absolutely bodied. Dallas's offense didn't even play that well when you look at it. Dak didn't do anything impressive i actually think what he did was unimpressive um but i mean they got seven sacks hit daniel jones six more times uh hurried him 24 there was a point late in that game where jones was still in and i was like oh you know dabble wants to kill him that's why he's leaving him out there he wants to somehow murder daniel jones 
for some reason, and I do not know why. Uh, yeah, that it wasn't even just the numbers watching it. Because if you remember, Dallas, they were kind of driving that first drive, and then they stalled and got the field goal blocked. And then after that, the rest of the team was just like, I guess I'll just die. <laughs> like yeah. they, they didn't try. It, I hate to say they weren't trying, but the optics when you watch the game felt like a very big lack of just like, just like getting steamrolled and not getting back up. It was rough. Uh, Dallas's defense was the second highest scoring fantasy player this week behind Tyreek Hill. Yeah. His defense and special teams mm-hmm. just beat the hell out of the, like I said, offensively, like what did Dallas do? That was impressive. I think Dak Prescott only had like six fantasy points in a 40 to zero win. Also a weird thing about Dak he had the lowest of starting QBs this league this week. He had the lowest time to throw at 2.11, despite having the Giants not getting a lot of pressure. Yeah, he's he's always been kind of a get-the-ball-out-quick guy. Okay, gotcha. All right, Mike, any further takes? You got anything else you want to you wanna toss at me? No, I think I'm good. All right. Uh, ready to talk about some gambling? Oh, yeah. You want to you want to run through what went well and what didn't for you? I do. So first off, <laughs> was, I, you said that was such a sigh. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with Saturday because that's when most of my winning happened. I nailed Colorado minus two and a half because Nebraska, like a lot of Big Ten teams, not named Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan, are you know are frauds. Notre Dame, I outspreaded them up to thirteen and a half, nailed it. Washington State. Alt spread it. They were originally, I think, two and a half point dogs. I made them a two and a half point favorite. Crushed it. Live bet. Old Dominion University, my alma mater, for a whopping wait, wait, semester can, and a half. Can I can I ask you a question though? That mm-hmm. alt spread. Would you have hit it without uh, changing it? Did the original? Did they did cover the original spread? I'm confused. On Washington State. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were dogs, and I alt spread them to favorites. So they right. But what was the result of the game? What was the final score? And I remember if they were getting two and a half points and I switched them to, or they were yeah, getting two and a half and I switched them to giving two and a half, there's no way they... Oh, got it. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Saying. yeah. yeah. So you, you all spread them down. You got longer odds on it. I get exactly. what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I Googled Washington State and it started telling me facts about the state of Washington. Uh, Thank you, Google. And then I live bet... ODU minus three and a half hit that one. Um, and then I would have had a great Saturday. I would have been up massively. I would have hit a seven leg parlay if it wasn't for Alabama. And that bad luck just tortured me because my Sunday was abysmal. So I have nothing good to report over to you, Adam. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not just going to go through my whole betting resume here. I'll tell you that I stayed true to our, our podcast team here. Uh, bet Falcons minus three and a half. Didn't even care that it was over the three-point line. Still mm-hmm. bet it, not hit. Uh, my major loss of the day was Marvin Mims over three and a half receptions, and that's because I stupidly waited until right before kickoff because I was sitting there watching football and wanted to have money on it. Uh, but I do want to look forward at some of the stuff next week. Mike, I do want to brag about something. Monday morning at about 11 a.m., maybe 7 a.m., I bet the Cowboys spread against the Jets. The current spread on that game, as of recording, 
is oh, nine and a, minus nine and a half. Mike, what do you think I got that line at on Monday? Four and a half? Three. Cowboys uh, minus three. It is now nine and a half. Feeling pretty good about that one. So I, I wrote this one down, too, as a line I'm keeping an eye on, because I think nine and a half is too much. You going to bet the Jets? I like the plus nine and a half. This isn't college football. This is, this is the NFL. That's a lot of points to be given up. And like I know as bad as my Bills played, I don't know. Did anybody watch? Like, that's a stupid good defense yeah. that the Jets have. And I kind of mentioned it earlier. I wasn't impressed by Dallas's offense. So I definitely think the Jets can cover nine and a half points. That over-under is currently seen at 38.5, which would tie them for the lowest over-under. Earlier today, it was at 39.5, so the action's been on the under. So people are kind of realizing, like, oh, Jets' defense, really good. Dallas' defense, also really good. They're not expecting a lot of points. So if we say the defenses cancel out, we really get a Dak Prescott against Zach Wilson battle. Yeah, but at 38.5, what are they? 38.5 and a 9.5-point spread, so are they thinking, 19 points per team, or I guess... Uh, that would be what roughly twenty-one and a half points for Dallas and seventeen and points for um the Jets, or so on. Twenty-one to seventeen is their the final score they're they're saying. Yeah, but then the the spread wouldn't hit. So like, if you were going to take the minus so nine and a half, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so if you were taking the minus nine and a half and the under, you're expecting like the Jets to get absolutely nothing, which I guess isn't an, isn't a crazy thing because it is Zach Wilson. Who got saved by Garrett Wilson? And so he Hall. did. So he did get a touchdown on the thing. Real quick, that's the most upsetting part about that Bills loss is no one's pointing out the fact like, like Trey White actually did play a good game. He got beat on those. He got beat on the one throw to Wilson, and then the touchdown. I mean, you just he covered it great. You just can't help the fact that Wilson is built different and has great hand eye. Um, and Stefan Diggs like torched was like, like just what's what I'm looking for. I don't know. He he was just picking on Sauce Gardner. Yeah, like he was he was doing whatever he wanted to Sauce, and obviously no one's going to talk about that. But everybody's talking about Josh. Yeah, I mean, Stephon Diggs had a great game. There was a couple of times that Sauce got the better of him, um, but fuck, man, you can't turn the ball over four times and not be the talking point on Tuesday morning. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. You got another line you want to talk about? Um, I do want to point out. Uh, what is it? Uh, Reed Whitehead. Um. Mm-hmm. He had the if he had been playing receiver for the Bills, he would have had the second most receptions amongst receivers. Yes, I've heard. <laughs> brutal get brutal Josh Allen game. You know brutal my team won. Yeah. When's the last time that the Commanders have been above the Bills in the standings? Scored more points than they did too. Yeah. Against equal competition. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. I was I was trying to look this up real quick to see what the line is now, um, but I already bet it. Miami minus two at New England. We're, me and you are on a wavelength right now. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys thinking here? I mean, I get it. It's a divisional game. It's Bill Belichick. The lines only moved to minus three. But yeah, come on, ju- you're you're saying that if Mi- Miami just needs to win by a field goal, and I'm covering, that is such a low line. Yeah, I checked right before we got on. It was, it, you're right, it was minus three. And all I'm saying is, yes, they played a good game, kept it close with Philadelphia. I don't think Philadelphia played their best. Uh, so I think this line is a little bit of an overreact to the way that game went. And I just watched Tua and 
company be absolute freaks. Even if the defense j- does like stifle Tua, they're still going to put up. I still think they can put up like 24 points, and I don't know if I trust Mac Jones. I know he just put up. Let's say that he has the same performance, and they put up 20. That's three points. We're good. Or four points. We cover. And the over-under in this is 46 and a half. Which means that they're like each team would have to score roughly 24 points. And if you add the spread in there, then you're saying that it's going to be like 26 to 23, something around there, 25 to 22. Like, are you ex- you're expecting a Miami to only score in that range, and b New England's offense to keep pace with them if they are scoring low? Yeah, if they can get two more points than the Eagles got this week, we're hitting the over too. Yeah. We'd have to do a little we have to do like a little two leg parlay on that. We have Which to go one? over we have to go oh. over in, in Dolphins minus three. I kinda like that. Yeah, I kinda like that too. Um then another line that I just don't get. Like I are we just buying in to the Pittsburgh preseason hype? I'm not gonna bet this line because you know how I feel about Deshaun Watson. But Cleveland opened at minus one and a half at Pittsburgh, and they're only up to minus two and a half. Like, were we watching the same Steelers team last week? Cleveland's got a good defense. They beat the fuck out of Joe Burrow. What are we doing here, betting lines? What are we doing in week two? Yeah, Deshaun, I mean, Nick Chubb was Nick Chubb. Once again, looked like one of, if not the greatest running back in the nation. Um, But, yeah, Deshaun didn't do anything impressive. That offense didn't blow me away. The Bengals had, I mean, talk about overreaction. I'm sure there's some people out there that are like, Joe Burrow, worst contract in the league. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like don't worry, we'll get to that okay yeah um but yeah i i didn't write that one down but i do think it's a little i mean the niners are a little bit different level of competition than the browns yeah but pittsburgh looked god awful deontay johnson is hurt now too so you're talking about an offense that's just gonna funnel through garrett wilson not garrett wilson fucking pickens george pickens i don't know why i said garrett wilson oh i apologize i you're saying that that you're you, you're thinking that it should be a, a like the spread should be longer. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I don't know. You were you saying you would take Pittsburgh at plus two I, and a half? I don't feel comfort comfortable enough to take it, but I will say like, it's Steelers Browns. Like, I don't know in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I still think that should be your classic like home team because the like, the classic adage is like home team gives three usually. So they're kind of saying it's one and a half. One and a half. So what they're saying that. Cleveland is really like a four-point favorite. Yeah, something like that. I guess. Like on, I mean, on a neutral site, four-point favorite at home, like five and a half point. Yeah, I guess I. I mean, I could see that game ending like fourteen ten. <laughs> so maybe not crazy. And I got one other line for you here, and then we can go through through yours. Um, this is the. It literally, I think it happens. So why not take the the field goal? Um. Chicago at Tampa. Tampa opened as a three-point favorite. They're now down to two and a half. Why not just fucking bet Chicago plus two and a half? Neither one of these teams is good. Let's not pretend they are. Why not just take the team and say, eh, it'll probably be a field goal game. There's no analysis to be done here. It's two bad teams. Anything could happen. Take the team that's getting points. You're telling me you don't believe in Baker Mayfield comeback season? Baker Mayfield puts up one game a year that's quality, and... Oh, just just skirted by getting his last good game in on Christmas last year. So we'll see. Well, I'm you know jury's still out, but no, I'm not 
believing yeah. in Baker Mayfield. And I kind of hope we see some Kyle Trask at some point. Yeah, I know. I think he, he threw a couple tutties, but I don't think he, I think only had like, what, 150 yards or something? I can look it up. Oh, yeah, I need to look it up. I don't think it was anything super impressive. But, I mean, he's got weapons around him. Got a good, like, Devin White. <laughs> I was going to say good defense, but then I was like, hey, really Devin White. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, who knows? I'm just just joking. I'm just joshing. I'm joking about Baker I'm Mayfield. Joking. Uh, and then I bet something else here. I didn't have written down. Oops, dropped my phone. I hope I didn't cash out of anything when I dropped my phone. Um, I took Chargers Titans over 45 and a half. Don't feel great about it, but YOLO, week two, whatever. Hello. Did you say Chargers uh, Titans? Yeah. Oh, I got that one written down. Hey, let me let me hear your uh, analyst. I know they're in Tennessee, but you're telling me. As much as I just ripped Brandon Staley and company – Three points against Tennessee. Three points. Tennessee. Damn. I don't know how I missed that. How is that only a three-point line? Yeah. I checked. Like I said, I checked for the podcast. Sorry. It's currently at three. And we're talking about a Tennessee offense where Ryan Tannehill went 16 to 34 for and three interceptions. And sorry, 198 yards was their number I was looking for. He had four turnover-worthy plays, which tracks because he had three interceptions. I guess one of them he got lucky and got away with. Congratulations. My hot take right here, we will see Will Levis before the season ends. It will not be because injury. It will be because Tannehill is playing so bad. Yeah, I think if you had to pick and say, would you rather Tennessee starts Malik Willis or Will Levis? Who are you going with? I find Malik Willis a little more like highlight play, like he's going to do something wild, and then the next play throw like a brutal pick six. But, yeah, it's more entertaining, um, right? Yeah, so like I'm a fan of chaos, so I'd be interested in Malik Willis, but obviously the betting favorite of the two would be Levis to start. Um, and then the only other thing I want to bring up, I was flipping through here real quick just to see um, what else I had bet to see if there's anything worth pointing out. Uh, I don't know what the line is now, but – Packers, Atlanta, over, under, 40 and a half. Mike, would you go over or under on that? I'm taking the over on that. I took the over on it. Yeah, right? I mean, like you're talking 21 to 20 finish. I, I know that the Falcons have been scoring pretty low, but Packers sure as fuck didn't. Yeah, I mean, we did just see the Packers kind of neutralize any sort of running attack from Chicago. So maybe they're thinking Atlanta is such a run-heavy team. They're not going to do much points-wise. I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but I, I still like the over on that one. You need all 11 guys on one side of the field to tackle Bijan, apparently. Hey, yeah. what the fuck is with Arthur Smith and fantasy football? What's the deal with this, man? I don't think it's the Smith thing. I think it's like a Desmond Ritter thing. Like, just don't ask him too much and don't turn the ball over. Drake London got targeted one time. That's it. One did, time. Zero receptions, one target. Pitts had four receptions. Ooh, wow, that's like that's like a fucking huge day for him <laughs> going off of like last season's pace. Bijan, ten carries. Tyler Algiers, fifteen carries. What is Arthur Smith's deal? He's gotta figure out what his deal is. <laughs> figure out what you do, Arthur Smith. All right, Mike, you got any other bets you want to run through? I was just gonna I do, and then real quick I wanted to say that I was looking at it and that line for the Chargers is three. You just have to alt spread it to three and a half, and you are in plus money. So at plus 106. So 
I'd highly recommend that. Um, maybe I'm an idiot better. I don't get why you're getting so much money on lines that can push. Like, are people so afraid of losing money that they're, like, willing to pay a higher premium for the opportunity to push? Well, three and a half wouldn't be a push. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're getting plus money at three and a half, but not plus money at three. Yeah, why would you ever take... Whenever a line goes to, like, a solid number, I'm like, that's dumb. Like, there's, like, especially three when that's, like, a field goal difference. How many games do we see end on a field goal? Like, that, why would I take that? I'm just asking to get my money back and nothing else. Yeah, I'm I w- I am always willing to alt spread slightly over the 3 and just give up the push. Because yeah. like yeah, I'll take the higher risk for the higher payout. I don't want to push. I don't want to just get my money back. That's just like putting money in savings. And who the fuck does that? Nerds, that's who. Um my last one and it kind of like breaks my heart to say this once again. I believe the Bills can get it figured out. I don't believe they can get it entirely figured out in a week. The Raiders are plus nine and a half. That is a lot of points in an NFL game. I don't know how confident I feel about it, but it's something worth keeping an eye on. Like if that goes to like double digits, I would, I would jump on it. I don't think the Raiders have any juice. I think the Broncos are bad and the Raiders are getting artificially inflated because they looked good against a bad team. Mm-hmm. I think that the bills are going to absolutely come out and punch the Raiders in the mouth. I, mean, I, I hope mean, you, so. you saw the pressure they were getting in uh, New York. The Jets don't have a good offensive line, but it's not like the Raiders are world killers on the O-line either. I think that we see them move the line again, and then it's Jimmy G under pressure. Yeah. Maybe I think I might just be jaded by the performance I saw two days ago. So hopefully I'm wrong. Speaking of our teams and lines, what do you think of uh, – I had it written down, but then I kind of scratched it out. But Washington's currently plus three and a half against Denver. I think that should be a pick yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. I think Washington are they plus three and a half or are they? Yeah, they're plus. They're the underdogs. Okay. They're the underdogs. I think it should be. A, yeah, I don't. Like, plus three and a half. Denver didn't look good. Russ isn't back. No. He, he like he like completed a couple of catches early on or passes early on, and people were like, Sean Payton got Russ back on track. No, he didn't. He still sucks. <laughs> yeah, he had like that great first drive where he completed receptions to like seven different receivers, <laughs> but then they just stalled and couldn't do anything, and the defense was giving up chunk plays, and I think that we see Sam Howell with some dumb picks again. But, you know, Eric Bieniemy is still figuring this shit out with a bad quarterback. He hasn't had to deal with that in a long time. Yeah. And oh. so I – what's up? I sw- So, finish thought and I'll jump in. Uh, so, I, I think that we see a low-scoring game with a lot of turnovers, but that should be a pick That shouldn't be three and a half. So, as a good uh, lesson to all you young betters out there of why you shouldn't be like me, I'm betting on the tilt like for the four o'clock games because I just got absolutely obliterated and they're going along. My bets aren't panning out. And so during like the fourth quarter, I cook up a parlay. One of those legs was three out of four hit or two out of three hit. One of those legs was I live bet the Raiders when they were down and I got them like at plus two Oh six. I think that's when they were, they were down 16, 10 and I was basically betting they were going to, you know, go on a TD drive that hit obviously. Unfortunately, another part of that parlay was Eagles minus five and a half, who won by five. Uh, so just bet straights, people. Don't be like me. I was I was texting you about that that whole game. I had Eagles minus three and a half, and I was fucking sweating it. Yeah, you were sweating, and I was throwing things once I realized they're not going to score any more points. This sucks. <laughs> All right, Mike. We are uh, already at the hour mark, so uh, unless you have any other pressing matters with gambling, I want to move on and talk about a couple other things here.
All right. Uh, so I got. We're gonna kind of have to burn through this a little bit so that this podcast isn't two hours long. Uh, but we had a bunch of big contracts get signed recently, and I wanted to to pull a Goldilocks test with you here. I'm gonna tell you the contract, read some stats about it, and I just want you to, you to tell me if it's too low, too high, or just right. Okay. So first we have Nick Bosa. Signed five years, $170 million. That is an average annual value of $31.48 million over the next six years. So that's including this year plus the five years of extension, which is 14% of the total cap of the NFL currently. This makes him the 10th highest paid player in the league by total contract value and the 15th highest by average annual value. Mike, too high, too low, or just right? I heard everything you said except for the first number. I apologize. Five for 170? Five for 170. That was it. For the reigning defensive player of the year. I'm going to say just right. Just right. All right. I, 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 an- I answered that like you had like a correct answer written down or something. <laughs> yeah, you kind of answered that like we were doing who wants to be a millionaire. Um, yeah. Uh, not a lot of analysis. Just going to keep burning through this here. Next up, we got Joe Burrow. Five by 275. 219.01 guaranteed, which makes him have the second highest guarantees in league history. It is the second highest by total value by Patrick Mahomes, and it is worth 24% of the total cap as of this year. It is the highest average annual value contract at $55 million a year, and he is the first quarterback under 100 yards on 30-plus attempts since Sam Darnold saw ghosts, and he only put up two fantasy points in week one. So, Mike, five years, $275 million, too high, too low, just right. I mean, it's, it's Joe Burrow. It's their franchise quarterback. Every franchise quarterback that gets signed has to beat the one before it so they can say, highest paid quarterback in the league. Uh, so it's just right. But my God, did he look bad. Also, can I say, if people are like, I don't know if anybody's saying this, but like, oh, he's probably still a little hurt. Well, then if he's still a little hurt, don't play him. Keep one of the guys you cut, you know, in the offseason. Why would you play him if he's still a little hurt? But go ahead. Also worth noting, his calf strain was seven weeks ago. Right? How, yeah, exactly. Uh, although Carl Anthony Towns missed 52 games with the calf strain, so maybe I should shut the fuck up. Yeah. All right, Mike. I got I got one more for you. All, all I'm saying is Joe Burrow is a softest cat. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm out yeah. here saying. That's fine. Uh, I got one more for you. Chris Jones, after the Chiefs lose to the uh, the Lions, gets everything he wanted in life. Gets the long-term deal. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, not a long-term deal. One year, $23 million. He can still be tagged at the end of the season. Here are his incentives, by the way. If he plays 35% of the snaps, extra million. If he plays 55 or 50% of all available snaps, extra million. If he gets 10 sacks, extra 1.25 million. If he gets 15 sacks, 500,000. Don't know why the incentive goes down so much for that extra five sacks, but okay. First team all pro plus Super Bowl appearance, extra million. Defensive player of the year plus Super Bowl win, extra 2 million. Mike, too high, too low, just right. I'm going to say... Turning 30. Turning 30? 29 years old. Ooh. I mean, for the Chiefs, that might be just right, brother. One year, $23 million. That's just right for the Chiefs. I don't know, I don't know if Jones is happy, but that's just right for us. Let's get one more year. Hopefully he's still a banger, and then we can reassess if we think he's going to fall off. He can still be tagged. At the end of the season. And he could still be tagged. This is technically an extension, so 
it doesn't get into the weird Kirk Cousin-y back-to-back tag year bullshit. Yeah, I guess that just had to be a situation where he did not want to get tagged this year. He just wanted to get away from that, so he'll take take the one year. $23 million, not to seize that. So. It's a very running back-esque contract. It's like the same thing Josh Jacobs did. Mm-hmm. All right, once again, to burn through some stuff before we get talking about the games of the week. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up? You're not going to mention TJ Hawkinson resetting the tight end market for a year, $66 million? Didn't even write it down. <laughs> and also, I'm trying to find it real quick. Who was the fullback who got paid? I don't know. All right, if I can find it, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in, but go ahead. All right, I'm going to read off what the Falcons did if you want to keep looking for it. Uh, Falcons, 1-0, start the season, undefeated. Uh, since Talon alone picked them as the official team, they have not lost a game. 24-10 win over the fight in Bryce Young's first in the NFC South using all tiebreakers. 1-0 versus division and conference. Most points scored in the division, least points allowed in the division. I wanted to give you, Mike, you like hockey, right? You've been known to watch a game or two. I wanted to give you the three stars of the night. Recurring segment we'll do every week. Okay. Uh, I can never remember how this goes. Is third star the best star or is third star the worst star? Um, third star is the worst star. Okay. Yes. Uh, so then third star, Bijan Robinson had the great highlight play. The beast mode touchdown broke two tackles and juked a guy. First NFL game gets a touchdown, 10 rushes, 56 yards. Not a great stat line, but a great highlight. Second star of the night, his cohort in the backfield, Tyler Algier, Thought he was going to be replaced. 15 for 75 and two touchdowns. That's a pretty good stat line. And Mike, the Atlanta Falcons, inaugural talent alone team. First ever first star of the night. Give it up for Jesse Bates the third. Safety signed this offseason. Three turnovers. Jumped two identical routes to pick off Bryce Young. Ten tackles. Ten tackles. Damn. Yeah, safety? Safety. Got ten tackles? <laughs> Ten tackles, two interceptions. That's fucking legit. And a forced tackles. fumble. Ooh. Yeah, that's definitely first. That's first star material right there. I agree. That is some first star material. That is some 200-foot hockey that he played. Who do they got this week? They got the Packers. Ooh. Oh, we talked about this. That's right. That's right. Because we were, we were looking at the over. I'm sorry. I blanked. Sorry. I was just I was busy discovering that the it was Alec Ingold got uh, three years in like, what is it? No oh, shit. I had it for a second. Three years, twelve point two million for a fullback. Reset the guy, fullback market. This guy does not play for the 49ers or does play for the 49ers. No, he's he plays for the Dolphins. That can't be right. There's no other fullbacks in the league besides well, members of the 49ers. That's what blew it's me Kyle away. Kyle used check and no one else. <laughs> when I was trying to remember who it was, I immediately went to the 49ers and I was like, oh no, it wasn't it wasn't used check. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being the most famous fullback in the world. Damn. Imagine being the richest fullback in the world. That's kind of like <laughs> being a school teacher at that point. It's going to be swatting the ladies off of them. He would go, I play for the NFL. And the women would say, like, the NFL? <laughs> you sure about that? Um, I got I got one Falcons complaint. I know that we're homers and we're not supposed to complain. Yeah. But what the fuck is Arthur Smith's deal? I know I already went through this. But <laughs> Can we talk about this? Three targets for Kyle Pitts. One target for Drake London. Ten carries, six receptions for Bijan. What are we doing, man? I get it. Desmond Ritter, maybe he's not it. But come on. I'm trying to root for you guys. We picked you as the team. I bet you. Thank you for at least covering that. I drafted your guys in fantasy. Where's the production, Arthur Smith? Where's the loyalty? 
You have fans out there that can't eat Chick-fil-A because it's closed on Sundays. And you won't even bother to let your players score fantasy points. Be patient because they are they were never in like danger of losing that game really. So I think this week they'll fall behind to the Packers and then they'll have to really start letting Ritter cook. That thing that everyone's been begging for. Yeah. Let Desmond Ritter cook. Straight Cincinnati Bearcat. Let's go. All right, Mike. Let's uh let's talk game of the week last week and game of the week next week. Do it. Mike, what was your official game of the week last week? So not like a very, you know, exciting pick, but I had to go Kansas City Detroit. You know, Surprising it had some, pick. Yeah. It had it had the uh obviously it was the first game of the NFL season, so it has that. And I always like, you know, the games where you know, the odds on favorite struggle a little bit you see like this big upset Detroit Lions fans are like an absolute bliss I don't think it means they're gonna go you know 15 and 2 or anything I think they're still probably gonna be like a 10 and 6 football team but it was a lot of fun and uh it's always fun to see Patrick Mahomes be at like still be Patrick Mahomes and then watch as his wide receivers just flipped him the bird and would not catch a pass that that fourth down play was so ridiculous he almost fucking pulled it off yeah i was gonna say the best play of the night to once again reinforce it that we can have so many moments to call back is the Kadarius tony drop that turned into a pick six Mm -hmm. and and i think uh i think gibbs and laporta both look good to make dan campbell and and i can't remember the jam's name outside my head but made, made them both look good so aiden hutchinson got some nice pressure too so that doesn't really add to the fact of it being the funnest game but it was a close game i thought it was a lot of fun and it has the had the added allure of being game one of the season all right mike my game of the week i went chalk on this one i went with uh chargers miami it seemed like the obvious pick 70 total points uh dicker the kicker hits a 25 yard field goal with 610 left but la up 34 30 and then the game goes batshit insane Tua drops the pass in the breadbasket Tyree Kill with 208 left to go up 36-34. Fourth and five from the seven. Oh, sorry, that was um uh <laughs> wrong note there. Um fourth and five from the seven when Dicker kicks that field goal, by the way. So they could have just scored the touchdown and gone up, but instead they kick a field goal. Uh here is the Chargers' last possession to end this scoring outpour. First and ten. Herbert intentional grounding, which is five five yard or ten yard penalty or spot penalty, whatever it is, and loss of down. Second and twenty one, Herbert sacked for negative eight yards. Third and twenty nine, seventeen yard pass to Mike Williams. Fourth and twelve, Herbert sacked for negative nine yards. Real down note to end this game, but outside of that, just offensive outpouring, everyone scoring back and forth. Unfortunately, Austin Eckler comes up a little lame on a touchdown, but besides that, no real major injuries we're gonna get to see these same teams run it back I'm a little higher on the Chargers still because they just got out dueled but kind of lit it up like the, the offense looked pretty good I'm, I'm looking forward to the Kellen Moore offense here um yeah I, I think I, I made my point now on the Chargers I don't th- I think Herbert's output was poor and I think they just always find a way to sit on their own balls every time it doesn't matter <laughs> they do it they're they are cursed at the end of games like, you can't they, say they're, like, Red Sox cursed where they can't win a championship, but there is something about ending games with the Chargers that it's just, like, it's either going to be a Justin Herbert drive for the win or it's all going to come unraveled like a sweater. They are literally the reason that 
Jacksonville got so much love in the offseason. Yeah. It's because they blew a massive lead in the playoffs to Jacksonville. So, uh, And, Mike, our, our final note here of the week. Did you have a game of the week for next week? Oh, yeah, brother. We're going we're going straight. 1 p.m. game on Sunday. I'm, I'm going to be watching hard Indy at Houston. What is wrong with you? That is going to be so much fun. Both the uh, Anthony Richardson versus CJ Stroud. Like, sure, it's it's kind of like, you know, like NBA League Pass. There's like those like two crappy teams with a couple like fun young players, and you're like, oh, I'll throw that on. Like that that is that's what this is. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking at a uh, Houston's probably gonna win that one, like 35-32. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Richardson's gonna have 200 yards. Oh, for sure. Richardson did pretty well for himself in that game. It's unfortunate he got hurt, but then I I look for an update before we hit record, and he he wasn't on the injury list today, so he should be fine. Yeah, he's he's been announced as healthy. Um, C.J. Stroud is like that episode of Arrested Development where they first tell you about the school where you can't be seen or heard, and there's the entire episode Buster disappears and then doesn't appear again because he needs to be neither seen nor heard. It's like. What does C.J. Stroud have to do to get recognized? The guy was the second overall pick. Has there been a quarterback that you have heard less about during the offseason? No. It was just all, how is Bryce Young looking and Anthony Richardson, what is he looking like? No one was talking about C.J. Stroud. Even, like, leading up to the draft, it was like, is Bryce Young too small? Is he too small? Is he not too small? And then it was like, oh, yeah, and then whoever doesn't, or whoever gets young, the other people will take Stroud. Like C.J. Stroud? had 44 passing attempts this week. No one yeah. has said a word about his passing. Mm-hmm. 242 yards. Not efficient, but still. No one said shit about C.J. Stroud. No what interceptions. What is it with this man? Yeah, no interceptions, no touchdowns. Yeah, and honestly, I think it will benefit him. Like, Houston fell, fell behind in that game, and then they just, like, abandoned what I think is going to be their strength with Damian Pierce running the ball. So... I was unfortunate there, but CJ Stroud was fine. <laughs> Number two pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why he like didn't get love this week. Cause everybody's like, Oh, like we can't talk about him. Be like, wow, look what the rookie did. And we also can't talk about him and be like, Oh my God, he was terrible. So they just don't talk about him. <laughs> yeah. He's ne- he's neither seen nor heard. We'll have to keep a- an eye on him to see if we ever discover where he is. Yes. Um, I'm going once again, pretty chalk on my game of the week next week unlike you with your ridiculous afc south picks i'm going to pick the learned man's jacksonville versus kansas city in jacksonville over under 51 points trevor lawrence patrick mahomes calvin ridley some receivers on the chief it's gonna be a fucking shootout brother we're talking touchdowns. We're betting overs. We're betting unders. Hold down, Jamie Fox. <laughs> I am looking forward to this, especially, especially, especially. Commanders don't play till one or till uh, three twenty-five Central. You know I'm throwing this on the noon TV. Uh-huh. You got to watch Kansas City at Jacksonville. We're getting the Jacksonville home jerseys as a top five jersey in the NFL. Woo! Hot for this one. Feeling it under the collar. Got to start betting quarterback overs. I think this is a pretty handed Chiefs win if Travis Kelsey's back. Do we know if he's back or not? I don't know, but I've 
like it kind of just showed us, it showed us what we all knew is that without him doing what he does, they're in trouble. But I also want to say every, every, they're like basically the new Patriots where every year, like during the Brady dynasty, they would like look bad early in the season and people would be like, Oh, this is wrong. That is wrong. What are the Patriots going to do? And then bill check and company just adjusted and figured it out. And that's what the chiefs are now. Um, so just looking at the news on Travis Kelsey currently, uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are not officially dating source says what a weird couple that would be Taylor, Taylor Swift fans react to Travis Kelsey dating rumors. Uh, Travis Kelsey's dating history before Taylor Swift news. And Sports Illustrated, somewhere in the mix, has uh, Travis Kelsey provides update on knee injury and week two chances. Thank you for not putting the fucking answer in your headline there, Sports Illustrated. Uh, Travis Kelsey accused of cheating for a month by ex-girlfriend and and dating show. That ends in an ellipsis, so we'll never know. Uh, Donna Kelsey says she and ex-husband Ed stayed together for sons Travis and and, uh, 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 it also ends in an ellipsis. And I can't remember his brother's name for some reason. Jason. Jason? Any, uh... Oh, look at this. Kelsey, the Chiefs' primary pass catcher, suffered a hyperextended knee during last Tuesday's practice that required a reported 45 cc's of blood to be drained from the area in the aftermath. Oh. I didn't know that you had to do that for hyperextended knees. I've hyperextended my knee before. Why haven't they ever drained blood from me? You have way too much blood in your knee right now. <laughs> You're going to explode. I'm full of piss and vinegar and blood in my knees. Yeah. All right. Fucking SI. You want to just tell me if he's playing or not kelsey says he got some running in during an early week practice ultimate taking a wait and see approach that echoes the same sentiment as reed from monday as sunday draws near expect additional clarity on kelsey's status for the game thanks great glad i read this appreciate it si <laughs> fucking christ remember when this used to be a real magazine that you would read remember getting excited about sports illustrated fucking joke of a website they made all their money off their swimsuit issue let's be honest well who wouldn't pay to see travis kelsey in a swimsuit though <laughs> Then the internet came out, and people were like, why am I going to look at a magazine of bikinis? <laughs> when I can just Photoshop Travis Kelsey in a bikini. Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Uh, I think that rounds out the show, Mike. Anything else we need to talk about here? All right, all right, all right. Uh, nothing. I think No Thursday night game this week, right? It doesn't start till next week. What are you talking about? It's Vikings-Eagles. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't remember it. Who cares about the Vikings? Vikings are so boring. Justin Jefferson. Other than that, they lost a ba- they lost a Baker Mayfield. They did lose to. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna? Who's gonna be playing quarterback for the Vikings next season? It's not gonna be Kirk Cousins. Kellen Mond is he still there? Maybe I don't know. Also, do you think there's any chance after seeing what those wide receivers did? You think there's any chance that like KC is calling up t- calling up Cincinnati about T Higgins? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, that does actually remind me. I know I'm totally getting off topic on the question you just expressly <laughs> asked me. Um, what do you think the Jets do at quarterback? I saw some report uh, squashing any potential Tom Brady rumors, and I was like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 36-year-old Tom Brady doesn't want to come back and play for the team that just got 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers injured? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They can see if they can call up Miami and see if they can have Mike White back, but... <laughs> I don't know what else they can do besides just ride it out with Wilson. Like, what What do you think? Do you see any other option? Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. You want to yeah. You want to know the one I really hope happens though? What? There's a There's a little backup on the West Coast. 
that used to be a starter, high draft capital, could use a fresh start and a new opportunity behind a good team. Oh, yeah. Samuel Darnold. Oh. Back up behind Matthew Stafford in L.A. Kind of feel frisky about a Sam Darnold to New York uh, return. How how many times do you have to be burned by supporting Sam Darnold before you just give up, man? Because you don't even have to be good at football to be able to complete a pass behind this, like, receiving core and weapons in New York. Like, you don't have to be good at football. You just have to be better than Zach Wilson. They could call uh, the Colts, see if Minshew's available. Or they could call – they call they get frisky because Roger's career is probably done. Give Denver a call. Like, oh, do you, what do you want for Jarrett Stidham, I've, Mr. Oh, preseason really? MVP? I've, I've heard um, – okay, first off, Aiden O'Connell. That's right. MVP. Sorry, sorry. Let's not get ridiculous here. Um, I've, uh, I've heard talk of Russell Wilson. Oh, how happy would the Broncos be? If they're like, yeah, yeah sure, go. Here you go. <laughs> Peyton would be Peyton would love it for a second there I thought you were gonna say they were gonna call Dallas and be like we'll give you like one round higher of a draft pick for Trey Lance honestly forgot Trey Lance was in the NFL kind of like it kind of like the move there Trey Lance little Brees Hall all right although once again you're saying this guy that can't stay healthy on the field what if we put him on the team that just got 38 year old Aaron Rodgers injured you said 39 before, and now you're going down to 38. Is he going to keep getting younger every time you say his name? <laughs> yeah, it's all these darkness retreats, man. They're de-aging him. Yeah. Fucking bloodhound-looking ass Aaron Rodgers. All right, Mike. Uh, you just put up an article yesterday on the website. Mm-hmm. It is about the all-transfer portal team with some strict definitions of what is requisite to make that team. So just, you know. Temper your expectations for who you think should be on the team before you read it, because it right. might not apply to the rules set. One rule, go that strict. <laughs> Pretty strict rule set. Um, when's uh, when's the the ETA on your defensive all transfer portal team? Defensive article will be out next week. Next week. All right, and then tomorrow, Thursday, will be my first issue of my continuing series that I will be doing every week of the NFL season, which is the all my guys. Uh, haven't quite landed on it. I, I haven't power ranked them yet, so I don't know if I want to do that or just maybe do like another three stars thing, but I have a pool of guys that I went through from every team, made a spreadsheet of those guys, and uh, those are my guys for whatever reason. Some of them I'm homework for. Some of them I drafted in fantasy before. Some of them I have a lot of draft priors that I said they were going to be great despite not watching college football. So keep an eye out for the uh, all my guys team that I'll be updating every week. And... As you said, all transfer portal defense coming out next week. I'm also working on getting a page up on the website for us to issue our official apology letters for our sports takes that were wrong. So keep an eye on our socials and the website for when that drops. And give it a look-see because there may be information in it about how you too can send us your apology letters and you might just get put on the prestigious talentalone.com website. Um, and I've started, I'm only going to mention this article once because I don't want to do the thing where I have to keep giving updates on it because I'm terrible about time management but um uh, there's work in place for my very first edition uh of looking edition that doesn't sound right very first article looking into the 2024 qb class for the nfl draft i can't wait to see who's ranked number one but i have an idea i'm not gonna tell you no one would read it <laughs> it's, it's michael pruitt <laughs> no all right mike let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs>